everybody has it and we, we have no, uh, not much research to, to see what we can do. The common cold is usually mild and self-limiting, but they're very annoying, especially the runny nose and bunged up feeling that form the nasal symptoms. A new practice article published on bmj.com looks at the available evidence for treatment of those nasal symptoms, both pharmacological and alternative. And there's a nice interactive to go along with it, which sets out all those findings. I'm Duncan Jarvis, Multimedia Editor for the BMJ, and in this podcast I talk to two of the authors of that article. Mika Van Driel is a GP in Australia and Professor of Primary Care at the University of Queensland. And Anders Sutter is also a GP, this time in Belgium, and Professor of Family Medicine at Ghent University. Mika Van Driel, thank you very much for taking some time to talk to me today. Thank you. Anders Sutter, uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thank you. So Mika and Anne, um, you're both GPs, uh, Mika in Australia and Anne, you're in Belgium. Um, how often do people come and see you with a cold? Uh, or is this kind of advice for patients to take away and act on themselves? Uh, if I may start, I think um, it's both. Um, it's not like we see a lot of coughs and colds. Usually people present to the GP when um, things have gotten a bit out of hand or they need a, a quick fix or, or something special. Um, but um, yeah, I still do, especially in wintertime, of course, um, see people uh, who uh, present with uh, with a cold, but I guess this so so this information and and the evidence that we found is useful for GPs, um, but it's particularly also useful for people um, uh, to uh, understand uh, more about the common cold and to maybe um, turn to the GP when things are really um, um, bad or when they need some medical attention. Um, so I guess it's it's for both. What do you think, Anne? Mm, I, I, I totally agree. It's, uh, I think it's mainly advice uh, to the patients what they can do for themselves. But uh, also here in Belgium, we often see them at a the consultation. And then this is really a good uh, background information to, to inform the patients about uh, what they can do themselves in the future. Great. Thank you. Um, now, in this article, you're focusing particularly um, on nasal symptoms of the common cold. Why was it that uh, that you constrained the article to to that? But if you look at the common cold, I think you have three main symptoms. You have the cough, the sore throat, and the nasal symptoms. Now, these are different approaches to those three complaints, and the nasal symptoms seem to be the most bothersome. So that that I think that's why we made the choice, adding cough and sore throat would have made this a very extensive also. So um, maybe next time, Amika, cough? <laughs> <laughs> cough will be your next one. That's definitely also one that patients present with. Um, and, um, you know, and even a cough can last very much longer than uh, than the, the, the cold can. And that 
often worries people. So I think that's another uh, important Yes, one. I think it's another subject. Uh, it's, uh, you have also another totally different classes of medication for that that you should look at. So, um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, now, the cold is very common. Uh, as you can hear, I have one at the moment. Um, we're going into cold season. I have a blocked nose, I think. Yes, absolutely. Um, was there a wealth of evidence out there about what was effective um, for, the, for the nasal symptoms of cold? Surprisingly little. Something so common... Um, one would think that this would have been uh, researched thoroughly, and in fact, it hasn't. Uh, there, there are some studies for various products in, in adults, but um, as we all know, the, 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 the highest burden of, of colds is in children, and there's hardly any evidence uh, to support any of the treatments um, that are commonly used in, in children. So that, I think, and that even surprised surprised us that there was so little. I mean, it's, it's common that, I mean, it's known that, that children, uh, research in children is much more difficult. So there are less studies in children for, especially for medication, um, but um, that it was so, um, so little and um, so under-researched, that was a, a surprise to us as well. Yes, I think it's a perfect example of uh, of uh, uh, what a, a Dutch professor once said that the more common, the less studied. So uh, I think common cold is a is a perfect example of that. Everybody has it, and we we have no uh, not much research to to see what we can do. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that that's that's so frustrating that now you know after all this work, we still can't give any. Um, guidance to parents what best to do with it ch- uh, for their children. Mm. Well, let's go into some of that guidance <laughs> that, that's hard to give. Um, you looked at things which were had some evidence of efficacy um, and some things which ended up not having any evidence um, of efficacy at all. Uh, could you sort of take us through the groups of things that you were looking at um, in, in your article here? Um, yeah, I can, maybe we can start with if, um, what are the most promising um, products. And, and I think the evidence um, that we looked at points to um, decongestants as the, uh, the, the, the one product that um, has the best evidence for some effect um, in um, on nasal symptoms and uh, in particularly uh, congestion, which may be not be surprising um, if you're talking about decongestants that they they work for congestion, nasal congestion. So there is um, some evidence, albeit very um, patchy and um, not very strong in sense of, of, of large effect sizes. Um, and any combination products that have a decongestion, decongestant, of course, um, are um, uh, show that that similar pattern of efficacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of the others um, that, that are used um, and were studied. I mean, there were studies on um, uh, analgesics, um, other um, de- uh, nasal. Um, intranasal corticosteroids 
uh, intranasal um, ipratropium bromide um, uh, sprays, um, saline irrigations, um, vitamins, minerals. There were often some studies, um, but the the uh, effect on nasal symptoms was either not reported, or there were um, uh, there was no effect or no um, clear consistency of effect across the different studies. Some had the effect that you can expect on a pharmacological basis. Huh? So the decongestants decongest, uh, then uh, the anticholinergic uh, medication uh, had some effect on uh, on the rhinorrhea and sneezing, which, which you also can can more or less expect. But you always have to to also look at uh, at the side effects, and certainly with the decongestants, there's a, a real risk of uh, of um, Rhinitis medicamentosa, uh, that you have uh, uh, always a blocked nose unless you use it, uh, kind of uh, almost a kind of action of your uh, mucosa to the product. And this already starts after, uh, can start after one week, 10 days of uh, of therapy. So that that's, uh, that's really a, uh, um, an adverse effect of, of the product. The, the most effective products also have, I think, the most, uh, uh, can do the most harm. Yeah, and I guess that's also what we learned uh, is really that, you know, people um, uh, grab a decongestant uh, often early in the, in, in this, when they uh, experience symptoms of congestion. And when they present to their GP, they might have been taking it already for a, a number of days. And um, we know that it's not very well known that, that if you use them, uh, for longer than um, a, a week, uh, probably a week or ten days, that you are at serious risk for getting that rebound um, congestion. Um, and this was this was a study that uh, two of our co uh, colleagues um, were co-authors of the paper that they were involved in, uh, where they uh, they found that a lot of people in um, in this was in a Belgian pharmacy had been taking decongestants for a, for a long period of time and were at risk of that rebound. And uh, so that made us think, well, well what is a safe duration of, of taking decongestants? And in fact, there, um, I have not been able to find any, any no. studies that look at what the safest duration is. And if you look at the guidelines, some guidelines explicitly say don't take them for longer than three days. Our Australian guidelines, um, for instance, say three days maximum. Well, that's a very, very short time. And we know that that the cold usually um, lasts at least seven to ten days. So if you can only take decongestants safely for three days, that's not a lot. But others, um, uh, for instance, the, uh, the UK guidelines are a bit more generous and they allow up to seven days, uh, which probably is, um, yeah, a lot user, more user friendly, uh, if you can label it that way. Um, but so we, we still don't know. Is it this three or seven days is, is very much based on, on expert opinion as far as we can trace it. Mm. Yes. Thank you. So you've looked at the sort of the quality of evidence and things. Um, What's well, so good evidence about size of effect of the um, over-the-counter uh, remedies, um, things like decongestants? Um, 
you know, uh, is there any uh, yeah details about efficacy in there? Yes. Well, if we if we look at uh, at nasal decongestion, which which actually mechanism are an expert in, I think we can say that we have uh, on a short term quite some efficacy. If you use it, you put it in your nose, your nose goes open. But it's uh, for a, a relative short period, and it doesn't change the total duration of of the cold. Uh, so it, it it just relieves momentarily the symptom. So that's uh, for the decongestion. If you look at, for example, antihistamines, for the older ones, the ones the sedating, uh, the, the uh, antihistamines, we saw some effect for the rhinorrhea and for the sneezing, but this was actually a, a very small effect. And there has been some research on what people find a relevant uh, effect, and they say, yeah, my symptoms should at least decrease with 25% and there should be no side effects. Now, in no studies, we came near that. Uh, it was always, the effect size was always less than 25% on a severity score, for example. And usually there were also some side effects. So uh, even if it's uh, if there is some efficacy, it's, uh, it's uh, usually uh, small or Little, I don't know how you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and maybe we can say something about the uh, uh, the effect in children as well. Mm -hmm. um, we um, have already said that that there's um, hardly any um, any research in children, um, and the available evidence um, sh shows, uh, at least unclear, is, is unclear. Um, and the studies don't report um, serious side effects, but uh, uh, there there are reports. And this is the uh, U.S. Um, uh, Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, has um, issued warnings uh, to not use um, decongestants and antihistamines in children under the age of two, um, as they have had. Um, uh, a, considerable number of, of cases reported to um, to emergency departments in children with with serious um, uh, adverse events such as convulsions hallucinations um, and even some deaths you um, that have been attributed to um, use of those products and often also in in doses that are too high or plain overdoses in children playing with them and and ingesting um, the, the lot. So um, these products should, should absolutely not be used in children under the age of, of two. And, um, and many countries say they shouldn't be used up to the age of six and between six and 12 years of age. Um, you should um, be very cautious and only um, and discuss it with uh, with a medical professional. You've looked at uh, not just um, those kind of pharmacological interventions, but uh, lots of the the things that people just try themselves, some home remedies mm -hmm. and things as well. Um, did you find any evidence that any of those kind of alternative treatments worked? Oh, not really. <laughs> no, not really. So usually nasal symptoms were not looked at. Uh, I think we, we found more studies that were looking at a kind of a general recovery of the common cold, but not specifically on, uh, on the nasal symptoms. 
so we, we had very little evidence of that. So you see here the vitamin C, again, acia, garlic, etc. Yeah, it, that's another um, thing that we found in the evidence. If you look at specific symptoms, a lot of studies don't report them separately. And they report, um, we found a lot of studies, and, and especially the, the older studies where um, nasal patency or the resistance in the nose was measure, measured, which can uh, be a nice objective measure to measure the uh, the effect of a, of a treatment, but it's not very useful as uh, uh, in the clinical setting. So um, when you focus on, on really the clinical outcomes, um, surprisingly few studies report these separately. And some will report an, an overall score, um, a symptom score that's made up of all these different um, uh, symptoms, nasal symptoms, as well as um, fever and, and headaches and things like that. Uh, but they don't report the, uh, this, the different um, nasal symptoms separately. So when we say there is um, uh, no evidence or there is uh, very little evidence or it's, it's unclear, it is also not because uh, there are no studies, but because the available studies don't report these clinical outcomes. Mm -hmm. The evidence you've looked at is is mixed and, and it's different across different ages. Do you have some take homes um, for for patients? You know, what would you say to someone coming into your clinic and saying, next time I have a cold or my family has a cold, what should I do? <laughs> okay, well, for me, the first thing I would say is, look, a cold is is a very is a self limiting disease. It um, takes about seven to ten days. And we have no magic bullets. You just have to ride it out. Uh, and um, so if there is nothing you can do to speed up recovery, then there's a few things you might want to do to uh, um, to uh, help you uh, get um, get over some some bothersome symptoms. Um, but not a lot of uh, um, effect there. And uh, in adults, I would say, look, if you're, uh, you've got a congested nose, uh, a blocked nose, and that's bothering you, then um, take some nasal decongestants. And I often say to people, maybe use them at night so that you can sleep a little bit more comfortably uh, and not wake up in the middle of the night with a dry mouth because you've been breathing through your mouth rather than your blocked nose. Uh, and um, so that's unfortunately the only thing I think we can we can say. For children, I tell parents that um, there's nothing that really works well. It's natural that children will have lots of colds and their immune system will look after it. And if they really want to try something, then um, perhaps they can try some nasal irrigations. But we also know that um, children really don't like that very much. I, uh, yes, uh, I must say, even if I'm at the other side of the world, I give exactly the same advice to uh, to my patients. And I think the last point that you made uh, to ask what they all are already doing is very important because a lot of those products are over the counter. And um, so they, they sometimes just have them at home and they were meant for an older child or for an adult and they use them for small children. So it's very important to uh, to have attention to that because those 
products, even the intranasal ones, can be overdosed uh, in in small children. And and even you know the the so the complementary medicines, they people often think that they're safe because um, they're um, uh, they're alternative medicines, but um, all medicines have um, no matter how they're produced or where they've um, come from they all have um, a potential benefit but also potential for harm and and you I think it's important to uh, also look at that that balance of, of uh, efficacy and harm and we often forget about the harm side um, so if a product is not um, effective or it has only very little efficacy and yet there is an increased risk of harm, then, well, don't take it and, and just, um, yeah, look for, um, uh, look towards your own immune system to look after it. You've been listening to Mika Vandriel and Anne de Sutter discuss what treatments are effective for common cold in adults and children. The full article, with an interactive setting out the evidence for all of those treatments, is now available on bmj.com. That's it for this episode. We'll be back soon finding out how to investigate negative drug reactions, which can be tricky, especially if they're causing an effect in the same system as the disease is manifest. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss out on that. I'm Duncan Jarvis, Multimedia Editor for the BMJ. Thanks for listening.